Oral questions by members. Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, today in British Columbia, the public is forced to confront daily incidents of shootings, vandalism, brutal random assaults, and rampant lawlessness. The responsibility for this explosion of violence and social disorder falls squarely on the shoulders of this soft-on-crime Premier. This crisis began during his five years as Attorney General, marked by his catch-and-release program that allows violent, prolific offenders to act with total impunity, knowing they'll be released right back into the community. His decisions as Housing Minister to warehouse those with severe mental health and addiction issues without any proper supports into communities over local community opposition and his utter failure to address encampments and violence in tent cities has only made the crisis worse. And now he's adding more fuel to the crisis with his reckless decriminalization and disregard for police chiefs' concerns with the open public use of crystal meth, heroin, cocaine and fentanyl. Andrea Miller, a young mother whose five-year-old daughter Everly found a bag of fentanyl on her elementary school playground and unwittingly brought it home. Andrea and thousands of other parents in communities right across this province are saying enough is enough. So my question to the Premier is when will he realize it's his record, it's his policy choices that are causing the crime, chaos and open drug use that has parents like Andrea and those outside this legislature fearing for the lives of their children. Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the, uh, the Leader of the Opposition for the, uh, for the question. Um, this government, as every government is across this country, takes the, the issue of public safety and the challenges that we have seen in terms of the, uh, some of the increase in crime rates very seriously. That's why it was this government that led the, led the charge at the federal level to get changes to the criminal code when it comes to bail, to expand the terms of reverse onus so that it's not just for firearms, but is in fact a much broader definition of weapons used in violent crime, and also taking into account previous violence by the offender. We worked with other premiers Political, political stripes right across this country. The federal government, the, uh, the justice minister, made a commitment to us that those changes would be put in place this legislative session in Ottawa. At the same time, this government, as the member well knows, has done what we can do in terms of the province, investing the largest amount of money in terms of new police officers for small rural pro uh, communities across the province, the specialized investigation teams that are crucial, the largest investment in RCMP funding. There's over a billion dollars in the budget for mental health supports right across the full spectrum and housing initiatives. We take this issue very seriously. People in this province deserve to, be fit, to feel safe and we will continue to make sure that they are. Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. With all due respect to the Solicitor General, um, you know, we hear these words, oh, they take this so seriously. You've been in power for six years. I just want to remind the opposition, this is your second term in government. Through the You've chair been member. there for six years. It'd sure be nice to see some actual results instead of rhetoric. The fact, the fact of the matter is our streets, our cafes, buses, and even schools have become as unsafe as they have ever been. 
Little Everly from Nanaimo, innocently believing that the bag of fentanyl that she found in her elementary school playground looked cute, carried it home in her backpack to show her younger brother Remington. Under the family's kitchen table, her mother Andrea discovered her two young children attempting to open this deadly bag of fentanyl. Andrea says, and I quote, my child and her two-year-old brother she was playing with would have died had they ingested the substance. A few days later, a significant amount of drug-related items, pipes, uncapped syringes, drug bags, used tinfoil, tie-offs, etc., were found in the hedges where our children line up for class and play during recess. End of quote. Something is terribly wrong when our children can't go out to play at recess without putting their lives at risk. And the public are saying, enough is enough. So my question is this, when are Andrea and the folks in this gallery who are demanding to know from this Premier how many lives must be put at risk before this Premier stands up, does his job and puts the safety of the community before his own radical agenda? Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And again, I thank the, uh, the member for the question. Um, the actions that he described are illegal. They were illegal seven years ago. They are illegal today. And, and the police do their job every day to ensure those individuals are arrested. But what I also want to make it clear, Honourable Speaker, is that this government has been taking action since day one. The largest investment in policing in the history of this province to put, Member. to put police in communities is not a radical agenda. Putting in place a witness protection program that's resulted in prosecution after prosecution and the solving of cold cases is not a radical agenda. Putting in place a firearm, forensic firearms lab so that police are able to build a stronger case is not a radical agenda. Putting in place more than a billion dollars for mental health supports, Honourable Speaker, is not a radical agenda. Putting in place housing initiatives that did not take place when that side sat on this side is not a radical agenda. What it is, Honourable Speaker, is a public safety agenda designed to put in place the tools police have asked for, work with local communities to do what, to, to, to put in place the resources that they have been needing, and at the same time going to Ottawa this province taking the leadership role to get the criminal code changed so that those who are violent offenders are not given bail, Honourable Speaker. That is not a radical agenda. That is a public safety agenda. Members, members, we will have order in this chamber. Thank you. Member for Abbotsford West. Thanks, Mr. Speaker. Has, has it occurred to the Premier, has it occurred to the government why these rallies are taking place? Do they care? The rallies are taking place because for six years, as Attorney General, as housing minister and now as premier. This premier has embarked upon a failed ideological social experiment that has compromised the safety 
of British Columbians. Here, here. And people are saying enough is enough, Mr. Speaker. They don't want to be the Premier's social experiment guinea pigs any longer. They want to feel safe in their communities. This is Andrea's reality. Listen to what she says. I'm now terrified that I may send my children to school and never see them again because of something an addict has left behind. I now have naloxone in my home because the drug ep epidemic is invading the homes and lives of people with no connection to it, Mr. Speaker. The Premier's policies for six years on prolific offenders, on encampments, on drugs have created that reality. Will the Premier finally and the government acknowledge the disastrous effect of his policies, his failed social experiment, the failed social experiment that has compromised the safety of families across this province, and will he finally take some concrete steps to restore the safety that British Columbia families deserve right across this province? Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I uh, appreciate the, uh, the question um, from the member um, who also sat on this side of the House and who, as Attorney General, knows, uh, when he was Attorney General, knows that the, uh, the criminal code is uh, federal responsibility. He also knows, as does the opposition, that the challenges that we have been faced that the challenges that we face in this province, that every other province is facing when it comes to the issues of violence and public safety. We have seen it on our transit system here and in Edmonton and Calgary and Toronto, right across this country. It's why this government has worked with other provinces to get the federal government to change the criminal code. That is taking place. At the same time, Honourable Speaker, we also know on the social side, in terms of the opioid epi epidemic, epidemic, which was taking place when they sat on this side of the House, is taking place again right across this country. It is. Members, it members, is. this is and not member, shouting and at each other will time. Know, and, and the member will know that this side of the House worked with on the all-party committee to come up with solutions and initiatives and approaches which all of us in this chamber agreed upon, Honourable Speaker. Many of those things have been implemented. Uh, and decriminalization was part of that, Honourable Speaker. At the same time, at the same time, we also know that there needed to be significant increase in mental health services and supports. A billion dollars in this budget to do just that, Honourable Speaker. So whether, it's the, whether it is the social side, the enforcement side, all four pillars that are required to deal with this, this challenge that we face in this province, this government is putting the tools in place that police need, that health authorities need, and we are doing everything we can to ensure our communities are safe. Member for Abbotsford West. 
Mr. Speaker, what the, the Premier and sadly the government don't want to seem to acknowledge is that there is a made-in-BC dimension to this public safety exactly. crisis for which the Premier himself is responsible, Mr. Exactly. Speaker. I, I, I sometimes wonder what, what world some of these folks are, are living in, Mr. Speaker. You know, most people don't have uh, a police escort that takes them to and from work. The sad reality is more and more people require one, and it's because of the policies of this Premier, Mr. Speaker. People are paying the price for purposeful policies advanced by this Premier. Expanding drug availability uh, instead of focusing on treatment and recovery. It's not just failing the addicts, of course, uh, but it is fa failing children like Everly and uh, Remington. Again, this is what their mother says. Andrea says, it's no longer a matter of if something happens to our children, but a matter of when something happens to them. That is the sad reality. And Mr. Speaker, enough is enough. Will the Premier speak to Andrea and the frightened, angry British Columbians living across the province and explain why he has allowed his choices, his policies, his social experiment to put their public safety in jeopardy. Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question uh, from, my, uh, from my colleague across the way. Um, I have pointed out to this House the initiatives undertaken by our government that our Premier has led in terms of ensuring we are doing everything we can in terms of public safety by working with the police, the men and women on the ground who deal with these situations every day, and giving them the tools that they ask for, the experts on the street ask for. We have worked with local governments to deal with the specific challenges that they face in their individual communities. That's why we've put in place the hubs across the province, the 12 hubs. It's why we've expanded the CAR program, the mental health supports, the peer-assisted care teams, and we will continue to do that. It's also why, uh, as I said, we went to Ottawa to get changes to the criminal code. But it is much more than that, Honourable Speaker, that's required. It's also dealing with the mental health side of things. And since this government took office in 2017, not only have we been investing in mental health supports, but we have also been undoing the damage, the very damage that, oh, I, I hear the, uh, the member of the opposition. Members, members, one member has the floor. Let me put it this way, Honourable Speaker. We invested in mental health facilities. We didn't close the adolescent psychiatric unit in Abbotsford. We didn't eliminate psychology services for adult rehabilitation at the Royal Inland Hospital. We didn't, we didn't close the only withdrawal management program in the Fraser Valley. We didn't cut social work budget in Fraser Health Region. We didn't close the Waddell Haven Guest Home in Mission, a residential mental health facility that provide addiction services. We didn't close the 11 residential care beds at Bear Creek Lodge at, at Newton Regency. Members. Sorry, Honourable Speaker. Honourable Speaker. Members. We've invested in mental health services and we will continue. I'm sorry that they don't like their record, but that's a fact.
Third Party House Leader. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. My question is to the Premier. Will he commit to a full, comprehensive review of the Mental Health Act? Minister for Mental Health and Addictions. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker, and I thank the, the member for the question. And when it comes to, uh, to the role of the Mental Health Act in our, in our province, uh, we know that there have been uh, a number of recommendations that have come forward to ensure that the operation of the Mental Health Act is, uh, is, uh, works in a, in a better way for, uh, for people who are, ex uh, who, are, who are involuntarily committed under the Act, as well as those clinicians who are, uh, who are also working under the Mental Health Act. We have brought in uh, the a rights advice process, as was, uh, uh, as was recommended, in order to ensure that individuals who are receiving that care have uh, have appropriate rights advice. Members. We are working following the recommendations of the Ombuds, uh, the Ombudsperson's report in 2019 to develop in consultation with uh, collaboration with Health Justice uh, education and curriculum for clinicians working on the front lines to better improve their ability to work, uh, to work uh, under the, 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 the framework of that act. That is work that we're doing. We'll continue to work with frontline clinicians to ensure that that act is, is operating correctly. Members, when one person has the floor, I ask that we listen to that person. Member for Saanich North and the Islands. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I was listening uh, to the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, and that uh, was a long way of not saying no. Um, the reality is, is that the two committees that have made recommendations didn't make recommendations to ensure the operation of the Act. Those two committees called for a full review of the Mental Health Act. The language was very clear. It, 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 was, it had nothing to do with ensuring the operation of the Act. In fact, the Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General chose uh, to, to talk about how effective that committee process was, Mr. Speaker, on a variety of other issues around policing. So what we have is we've got a government that is picking and choosing the recommendations that suit their purpose rather than listening to the good work that's done by members from all sides of this House. We're expanding access to mental health care, investing billions of dollars in an outdated act. Our understanding of mental health and substance use disorders has changed drastically in the last decade, yet BC's Mental Health Act hasn't been substantially updated for 60 years. Mr. Speaker, we can't rely on a broken legislative framework while trying to tackle a modern mental health crisis. Stakeholders, advocates, experts, officers of the legislature, including the ombudsperson and the representative of children and youth, and two committees of this House have tasked this government with updating the Mental Health Act. The most recent recommended co a comprehensive review within six months of the report's release. That was the Health Committee, meaning Monday, May 1st of this year. My question is again to the Premier, will this government heed the advice of the stakeholders, the experts, the all-party committees, and urgently initiate a full review of BC's Mental Health Act? Minister for Mental Health. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And again, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the member's uh, question and for the advocacy and for all of the work that has been done by the Select Standing Committee, by experts, 
by all of the, uh, the, the, the clinicians and advocates out in community and in our health authorities who provide input, who provide recommendations around work that we know um, it is necessary to do in terms of improving how, um, how uh, uh, it, people who are experiencing um, mental health distress, who are struggling with addictions, um, are receiving care in our healthcare system. And we are doing the work to make improvements across the system. We have brought in the rights advisor. We are working with health justice uh, on uh, pro providing better support for clinicians. We know there is much more work to do, Honourable Speaker, and we are doing that work. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. You know, this government has been stoking the flames of the fire of crime, chaos, and social disorder occurring in this province. And now, two terms and six years later, when that fire is burning out of control, they're finally, finally trying to scramble to put the fire out. Well, Colin Middleton is an organizer of the Enough is Enough rallies that started in Nanaimo over a year ago. And they're happening today across this province. And he's present in the gallery today, and he says that the Premier's policies have, quote, created a monster, a positive feedback loop of addiction and suffering, end quote. In many ways, Nanaimo has become ground zero for the crisis-plaguing communities across this province. Violent crime has more than doubled in that community. And just yesterday, a popular downtown coffee shop has had its windows smashed and that was the seventh time it's been vandalized in just one month. Enough is enough. How much longer must communities like Nanaimo endure the violence and total disorder caused by this Premier's failed catch and release policies? Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, Honourable uh, Speaker. What I will tell the, uh, the Leader of the Opposition from that comment is the men and women on the front line in our province, the police officers, do an amazing job every single day on this. The mental health workers in our province do an incredible job every single day, Honourable Speaker. And Honourable Speaker, this government gives those men and women, the tools that they have been asking for to do that job, Honourable Speaker. Members, members, the Leader of the Opposition, let's let the Minister have his say. You've had yours. Thank you, uh, thank you uh, Honourable Speaker. It is this government, under the leadership of our Premier and Attorney General, when he was Attorney General, that went to Ottawa and we put on the table we put on the agenda the need, the need to make changes to the criminal code to deal with the unintended consequences of the changes that were made to the criminal code when it came to bail reform, Honourable Speaker. We said we're experiencing an increase in violence and it's related to those changes, the inability to keep people behind bars when they should be, Honourable Speaker. Other provinces agreed with us. Whether it was Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, we were all on the same page, Honourable Speaker. We made it clear that changes need to be made, and we received a commitment from the federal government to get those changes so that we have an expanded 
uh, definition on reverse onus. So that if you're using a weapon, you can be denied bail. If you have a history of violence, you can be denied bail, Honourable Speaker. Those are changes that police wanted to see. Those are changes that we asked for. Those are changes that we're going to get. We are committed to making... We are committed to making communities safe and we'll do everything we can to ensure that happens. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I agree uh, with the Solicitor General. Police are doing a great job. that is failing the police. Failing them! Failing to address the social and behavioral issues that are causing chaos. Failing to address the substance use issues in this province. Failing to provide the direction needed by the courts in this province. And enough is enough! Enough is enough! People across this province are saying, enough is enough, Mr. Speaker. Enough. And when will this soft on crime premier end his catch and release justice system? At the rally in Penticton, they say, quote, rampant crime has left us feeling victimized. And pervasive evidence of homelessness has resulted in each of us feeling hopeless and vulnerable. Our concerns lie in the total lack of appropriate and successful management of those issues by the government." End quote. Penticton is the community that the Premier threatened as Housing Minister. He bullied the community, saying that if they didn't accept his plan to warehouse people with severe mental health and addictions issues without proper supports, that he would send a thousand tents and sleeping bags to create a tent city. What does this Premier have to say to communities like Penticton and Nanaimo who are now suffering the ongoing consequences of his failed social and justice policies? Member for Public Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I uh, appreciate the, uh, the question uh, from, from the member. Um, Right from day one, this Premier, this government has taken public safety incredibly seriously. From putting in place, an, an, putting in place the very tools that, that, that police have been asking for, which is what the member says we need to do. Right from day one, we put in place the, uh, the witness security pr uh, uh, program, modeled for the situation here in, Br in British Columbia that's resulted in more than 32 cold case convictions of individuals being charged and be now behind bars where they belong, Honorable Speaker. Putting in place the first forensic firearms law, uh, uh, um, lab, Honorable Speaker, so that, well, Honorable Member, when you say that nothing's being done, I'm gonna point out to you everything that is being done. And that forensic firearms lab saved police time and money and allow them to build stronger cases to put those kind of people behind bars where they belong. The largest, the largest, the largest investment, the largest investment 
in policing in the history of this province to hire 277 additional RC, RCMP officers for communities right across the right across the province. Communities, honourable speaker. Communities, honourable speaker, that that side of the house asked for, whether it is Kelowna, whether it is Cranbrook, whether it is Terrace, that's where they're going, honourable speaker, to those communities. This side of the House is taking action, and we will continue to take action to ensure our communities are safe. Thompson. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, all the words, all the rhetoric, all the bluster in the world from the, uh, the public safety minister, it doesn't take away the fact that we have terrible results by every single measure in exactly. British Columbia. Terrible. And let's just take it back to uh, take it back to results. We have more overdose deaths than ever before in the province's history. We have more people on the streets homeless than ever before in the province's history. We have more violent random attacks taking place in communities right across this province than ever before. We have 40% uh, fewer people in jail today under this government exactly. than when they came to office. Exactly. And we have more vandalism and crime and social disorder taking place all over British Columbia. Mr. Speaker, the reality is there is a huge disconnect between what the minister and the Members. government says is happening and what Members. is actually being experienced by British Columbians. Now, Mr. Speaker, people have had enough. They've had enough with the soft on crime premier's catch and release policies. They've had enough of the premier's deliberate policy to warehouse people without supports. Exactly. British Columbians have had enough of the premier careening British Columbia down the path of decriminalization without the guardrails that were promised. British Columbians have had enough. Just yesterday, Victoria residents at the local Quadra Heights playground were accosted by two people who proceeded to dig out a crossbow that they had stashed under the merry-go-round at the playground. And I quote, we thought that they were looking for lost drugs, but no, they pulled out a crossbow. I couldn't believe it. I'm still shaken up by it. I went to work and I still couldn't calm down, so I came home, end quote. Mr. Speaker, this happened at a children's playground. Parents and families expect this government to do way better than what is the current reality. So my question to the Premier is this. How many more British Columbians need to be put at risk of violence, literally endangered in their neighbourhoods, in parks, in playgrounds, in stores, on transit buses? How many more have to face that, that reality before this soft-on-crime Premier puts an end to his failed policies, does his job, and gets serious about prioritizing the safety of British Columbia? Minister for Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I uh, appreciate the, uh, the question from the member. And everyone deserves to, uh, to be safe. And no one should have to deal with the situation that the, the member outlined. And I can tell the honourable member that the two individuals that uh, dug up that, uh, that weapon were in fact arrested by the police. And I, and I hope, and I hope that they are charged. Honourable Speaker, I've also outlined the actions that this government is taking by working with police, working with communities, working with the federal government. And I want to remind that member, because he was a cabinet minister at one time, that the criminal code is not a policy. The criminal code of Canada is federal law that is often, and, and rulings are made by the Supreme Court of Canada. 
That's not a policy. That's a fact, Honourable Speaker. And what I can tell you is that we've needed changes to that criminal code, and it is this side of the House that is pushed to get those changes and a commitment from the federal government to change it so that those kinds of individuals can be held, Honourable Speaker. Members, members, we will have order in this chamber. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And, and when it comes to the, the social side, Honourable Speaker, when it comes to the social side and looking at the impacts and recognizing that you make investments early on, what did that member and his colleagues think when they sat on this side of the House and cut $187.5 million from child and family protection or $34.5 million from youth justice, youth services and youth and child mental health, Honourable Speaker? Those were, invent those, those were cuts, those were cuts, Honourable Speaker, that pay, has consequences down the road, Honourable Speaker. This government Members. is investing in mental health services, investing in health, in health housing, and in criminal justice reform to ensure that we are able to deal with those problems and keep our communities safe. Bell ends question period.